Come on, Spike. We have to take them alive. How many times have I told you? Oh. Yeah, what was that about taking them alive? Shut up. You didn't kill Tanaka, did you? Uh... Drop the guns! Not yet. Now I am walking out of here! Oh, she dies. Oh, she dies? Wait, that's... That's your hostage? Spike. Was she like 80? I mean, she looks like she's led a very full, rich life, haven't you, ma'am? Spike! I mean, you got kids, right? You're ready to go. What the hell, Frank? Who takes a shit in the middle of a heist? Welcome to Tuning In, a podcast where three dudes give their first impressions of an anime. And then say them in the microphones. <laughs> by, by, by saying shit into their microphones. Yeah. And uh, who doesn't like cupcakes, right, Matt? Ah, that's what I put in my notes. Cupcakes. Mmm. <laughs> and you look like you should be drinking nothing but tequila, Bill. I mean, tequila's fine. I get old, but... <laughs> and I don't appreciate being ignored. My name is Andy. What? Huh? <sighs> Fuck you both. Hey, welcome <laughs> to another episode of Tuning In. How's everyone doing? I'm tuned in. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. Bill's not. T- Bill's never tuned in. <laughs> Bill. Bill. You're so you're just. It's fine. Uh, this is a special Tuning In episode uh, that is going right to the main feed. This one is not for patrons. This one is for everyone out there because this week we have a this very one's for us. Yes, this is for us. And to the, optimize SEO. And the three dozen individuals <laughs> that listen on a, on a regular basis. We love you We all. do love you all. You're all so amazing, and we appreciate you. No, we are here because something very exciting and anime-adjacent just dropped. Something very polarizing. Very, something very polarizing, and I'm ex- so excited to talk with about it with you two. I had to... I had to drop all the plans so we could release it this week and talk about it, and that is the Cowboy Bebop live-action Netflix show, which we watched the very first episode, because again, on Tuning In, if you are not a patron and you have not been following us, Tuning In is a podcast series where we watch the first episode of a series, dissect it, talk about it, and then decide, is this worth watching beyond episode one? So that is what our plan today is, to do just that. So I am beyond excited. Are you excited? I, I have thoughts, and they're good. Oh, yes, we are excited. This is how excited we are. So this series, obviously based around the ever-popular Cowboy ever popular. Bebop anime, uh-huh. and this is a 10-episode series, or should I say 10-session series, uh, that yes. Netflix has released as a uh, sort of part one. I imagine there's going to be a second season of this i have not watched through all the episodes but just from what i've heard it sounds like there's more story still to go after the 10 episodes yep i got spoiled oh all all i was trying to do is find out who that old japanese man cameo was at the bar and you uh you got something spoiled for you huh yep okay well we'll uh we'll we'll not we'll try our best not (laughs) to spoil granted i sort of suspected it but okay we'll we'll do our best to try to not spoil Certain things past. I mean, we'll talk about episode one for sure, and we'll kind of yes. break episode one down. But anything past that, we're gonna not. We're gonna do our best not to. And we may throw in some references to the anime and some differences, perhaps. Perhaps. Correct. Um, before we go through some of the most important scenes, I want to start with talking just a little bit about acting. Um, it's it's acting. It's one of those. It's one of those things that we don't <laughs> necessarily have to worry about as much, with the exception of talking about. American voice acting within the anime, but uh, obviously trying to adapt anything into live action, there are some challenges to that. And I think the first major challenge, and we've talked about, I think, on the podcast before when some of the trailers dropped, is some of the backlash maybe to some of the casting in particular. 
Yeah, maybe not acting so much as casting. Yeah, it's it's Faye Valentine, for example. Yeah, um, yeah. It was very polarizing at first. Not to be polarizing, but those people that were polarized by it can go fuck themselves. <laughs> awesome. I loved her. Oh I, my god, yes. I, I, I want to start I with her. I have such a crush. <laughs> yeah, let's let's start let's start with let's start with Faye and Faye's portrayal here in this first episode. I'm first of all, I'm very happy that they, as we'll talk about, they changed the narrative up in this first episode to include her right yep. from the start. Mm-hmm. I think that was a wise decision. Agreed. I think it was too. Um, and, uh, we've talked about the backlash and, and what people have thought about her, uh, her casting, but let's just talk generally. So Bill, you said you really, really enjoy her in this. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Why? I am not sure. And this is going to be a hot take. Okay. I'm not sure. She's not just a little bit better than the Faye from the anime. She is given more screen time. Obviously mm-hmm. she's given more sass. She's given more attitude. She's got foul mouth. I mean, not. Not that Faye already didn't have attitude and sass, but yeah. they've definitely ratcheted it up with her. Uh-huh. Like, seeing that video where she was talking down to the people that didn't like her in the role, I think she brings a lot of that energy to Faye. That is awesome. And kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> Jed is my favorite character in the anime. She may be my favorite character in the live action. Matt, what are your thoughts on, on Faye's portrayal here? Judging by just this first episode, uh, again... What great idea to bring her in early, loving the portrayal. And uh, since we are getting a bunch of more dialogue with her and everything, I'm also excited to uh, listen to the Japanese dub and get more Megumi Hayashibara. I'm kind of interested in giving that a listen myself, honestly. I It's kind of a weird, almost kind of like reverse sort of thing where, you know, we're like, Obviously, I know Bill and I have talked about, like, we sometimes prefer uh, dubs over subtitles. Uh, and it, it's almost like kind of going the opposite way around when you watch the American-made version with Japanese uh, audio. That's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I loved Faye in the anime. I love Faye here. Uh, she she is so fucking foul-mouthed. And I <laughs> absolutely freaking love it she there's a there's a line where this it's taken from the anime the scene uh, when she's first introduced in her episode where she gets like chained to the toilet in the bebop uh-huh. and uh basically jet like they open the door and jet's like who the hell is this and she's like hey hey fuck you and i'm just like yes yeah, i know <laughs> so good yeah she's she's perfect she's absolutely even perfect. even that flat just fuck she does later it's so good that <laughs> she's 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 fantastic you mentioned jet being your favorite character from the anime bill Yep. What do you think about Jet here, portrayed by Mustafa Shakir? Also great. You know, having the uh, the facial aspects of the character, you know, the little micro feelings, and, and he does a great job. And I could hardly believe he was the same guy that played Bushmaster in Luke Cage. Because Bushmaster was a pretty two-dimensional character. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad to see the actor is far more competent than the character he was given. And like you said off mic earlier, it is scary how close his voice is to Jet's. You close your eyes and you just you just you almost hear the original voice actor, the American voice actor for Jet. And from hearing his voice as Bushmaster and he had the fake Jamaican accent. Yeah. I wonder if that's not talent that he's matching the voice actor so well. Mm-hmm. I don't know that's his as natural voice so much as that's that is him being able to imitate that accent. Yeah, or he's really imitate good. He is super good. He's acting, dear boy. Exactly. <laughs> to paraphrase, to paraphrase a famous actor talking about <laughs> another actor, and to paraphrase John Lovitz, acting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jed is Jed is fantastic in this. I like some of the subtle changes that we'll talk about to his character. They they do a really good job, I think, in the first episode of trying to not only just hold to the anime, but like add to the, the narrative by kind of giving them more. Um, personality giving them more reasons for what they do um mm-hmm. i think Correct. that jet was one of those characters that had like his like his episodes were like like you learned a lot about him but also unfortunately they were some of the weakest episodes from the anime and i feel like they did a really good job of rectifying some of that here by making him a father and uh-huh. uh you know do, doing 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 a lot to like build that sort of relationship of like why why would he want to be working with spike when spike is so disgruntled, laid back, sometimes reckless, as we see him here in the in the, the TV series. Correct. It's good to know that Jet has more than just this in his life, this go-around. 
it did get just a little silly where he like, hey, let's you owe me everything. Let's go risk our lives because I need to get my. I mean, I'm not saying getting his daughter a birthday present isn't important, but they play it up higher stakes than it necessarily is. I think it's kind of its charm. It's, it's not bad. It does yeah. get a little silly, but a little gnarmy, but not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. But like, if you weren't already into the character and into the show, you might be like, chill out, man. Uh, you want to add anything about Jet here, Matt? He's got more hair. That's nice. He does. <laughs> I know a lot of... No, I'll save that for the Spike talk. Then let's go ahead and jo- uh, talk about Spike then, because that was another aspect of uh, people didn't like the idea that, like, you know, uh, was it John John Cho was going to play Spike. Now, I, here's what I'll, I'll say. But I'll kind of start the discussion here a little bit. A lot of people are saying, well, he's too old and yada, yada, yada. I feel like they did a really good job of setting up, like, I kind of like the, the shift of him being older, especially with the, like, pairing him with Vicious. Although mm-hmm. I have some problems with Vicious. We'll, we'll we'll talk about him in a minute. They set the story, you know, like, Vicious's name is not, you know, like, like, like it's such an unbelievable name. Very anime. So, like, then they, yes. give, then they give Spike, he's got one of these unbelievable names when he was in the syndicate as well. And just, like, something about, like, like portraying them both as older... But not, like, super old, but older and more experienced. And, like, it makes more sense that they would have gone through as much as they did as the anime kind of sets up. I never really bought Spike as super young. And that was, yeah, yeah it was always weird to me that Spike was supposed to be 25. Uh-huh. And, like, I just didn't, like you said, I didn't buy it. It just, he felt older. Yeah, mm-hmm. this works so well for the world weariness that the characters should be feeling. Correct, correct. John Cho doesn't. Doesn't do a bad job at all, and I was a little worried that he was going to feel really old to play Spike, but yeah, you know, like you said, he he basically feels like the correct age for Spike. Like he should have always been almost forty. Yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who are who are reacting to this show like that's those aren't the characters that I know. Those aren't the characters I love. But from frame one, I've been watching these characters, and I have had no doubts in my mind that they are Spike, Jet, and Faye. I buy it immediately, It's and they're exactly as I would have envisioned them brought to this format. One that I am a little iffy on, actually two characters I'm a little iffy on, Alex Hassel and Elena Satine, um, their portrayals of Vicious and Julia, and we don't get a lot of them here, but like the first thing we see of Vicious, like he's got the sort of like, I'm gonna take no shit sort of sort of attitude but like just starting with the the classic line of and he will shed tears of scarlet just 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 for fan service and without any like real context or like right that was that was corny i don't dig the voice although like vicious always had that weird raspy voice um it just feels a little weird and corny here at the end of the episode and then julia is just kind of there and, and hopefully they'll they'll do some more with her i hear there's a, an episode that like goes into their backstory it's a vicious julia episode that's mm-hmm. like adds to the lore that we didn't get from the anime and i hear it's not great but um <laughs> yeah. as little as we had of julia actual screen time in the anime and as little as we've seen for her so far in the first episode i, I just think it's too early for me to have an opinion I wasn't about Vicious's face. <laughs> like, he just... Right. I don't know, he just didn't look right. He didn't look... I don't know if he looked too pretty, or if he looked too... He just doesn't look vicious enough. There, There's something I just... Yeah, it doesn't... Vicious doesn't strike me right. I will yeah. agree. One thing, uh, they they kind of... The, his hair in the anime is quite long. Yes, it is. And in, in this, they sort of... they For whatever reason, they decided... To go somewhere almost in the middle, but not quite mm-hmm. for that. Give him a speech to the manager haircut. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, and it 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 looks fake. Yes, there is that too. The actor's natural hair tone is the complete, complete opposite. So I would have rather them leave his hair kind of short and bleach it. Yeah, I would agree with that. Then, then I don't know. It looks like a wig. It does look like a wig. I agree with that. We're not going to go like necessarily point by point by point, but let's talk about the, the 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 main like scenes along the way here in this first episode. What about that opening scene in the casino? I really really like this as an opener. Um, it calls back first and foremost to the Cowboy Bebop knocking on Heaven's Door, the movie. The very first scene of that is similar, where like they are actually going into like dealing with some robbers at a uh, like a like a convenience store, and there's a like a scene in there too of like. 
they hold up this woman. There's a guy in the bathroom that stumbles out randomly. Um, <laughs> and uh, like combining that with like Faye's introduction episode on the uh, casino. I loved this scene. I loved everything about this opening scene. The action, the cinematography, the back and forth with like Jet and, and Spike as establishing characters. The music coming right mm-hmm. straight from Bebop. Uh, all of it. I don't know. I, I, I loved it. What are your impressions? It was a great way, I thought, to expand upon the original episode. The original episode references this bounty, mm-hmm. but here we actually get to see this bounty. Yeah. That was a great decision. Although I would like a little more original new music for this opening scene to put in some of the old stuff. It was it was a good idea, too, to get you in that spot, you know. They do that throughout the whole first episode, where you get a lot of Bebop original music, and it's nostalgic, but also I will say in it against this uh, this, this adaptation, mm-hmm. at spots it feels like it, it doesn't fit fully with like what they're trying to represent. Yeah. I'm going to argue with both of you there just a little bit. Okay. Sure. The music in Bebop, and the music in the original anime obviously was fantastic. The only thing they had to do with this is not fuck it up. <laughs> and that's what they did. Yeah. Is it a little safe? Sure. Um, is it nostalgic? Sure. But it was still better scores than most TV shows have. And they didn't fuck it up. That's all they had to do. Yeah. And so they just went, you know what? Yep. Good enough. Leave it alone. Don't try to tweak in it. Just it. And that was a smart move. It would have absolutely probably ruined the show. If they had not gone back to Yoko Kano oh, for to sure. do the music for it. Agreed. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm I'm definitely interested to see what original scores we get out of it though, down the yes. road. I, yes. I definitely because again, Yoko Kano's stuff always rock. That was part of it too, is Yoko you had, they had to have gone back to Yoko Kano. I yep. mean they just they straight up could not have done this anime or this yeah. live action adaption without her. Yoko Kano rocks so much you gotta fasten your seatbelts. Booyah! I just made that reference, folks. You, uh, you scamp. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> a, a little Easter egg in this scene, this opening scene, is that the casino is the Watanabe Casino. Watanabe Casino. I wrote it down, too. Nice. Um, and I think it's always good to start a show like this off with letting the characters do what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would be like having a show about teachers. And then literally never seeing them in the classroom. <laughs> right. You, you got to make the bounty hunters do some bounty hunting before you tell the story. I agree. And I think that was a, a good choice. And yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. My, fa- my favorite part of the whole thing, when they blow the hole into the side of the ship, and then like the guy's holding on to the, the arm of the... Um, Slot machine. Slot machine. Well, I, don't, I was trying to say jackpot machine in my brain, uh, but he gets he gets like the the three sevens and then just like yeah. starts shooting out coins and like I'm I called it happening, but I'm like this is gonna be super cool when that thing like so, somehow coins are gonna come flying and they do like yeah. they pelt Spike in the face. That, that was a good comedy bit. I went the same way in a different direction because I thought it's gonna be kind of lame when he goes by and he grabs it and it jackpots and it spits out the money. Mm-hmm. Not thinking, hey, it's going to turn into a fucking hailstorm (laughs) and be an additional complication to the fight scene. I love it. Um, It was, yeah, it was very well done. It was, it exceeded my thought process. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anything else in that opening scene? Uh, I thought the, uh, the old, the old woman asking, who are you? Was a little, a little forced. It's pulled right from the, the movie, right? It's the, it's the, the line at the end, right, right before the opening theme, not, not, not tank, but the opening theme for the movie. Okay, I don't remember too much about it. Yeah, there was there was a woman who survives in the uh, in the um, convenience store, and she just like looks at him and, and says like, "Who are you?" And he says, "Just a humble bounty hunter, ma'am." And it's I just pulled right from it, and it was just I love it. I loved it. Okay, in my mind, I was uh, apparently I was mixing up the uh, that line from the movie with the TV show, and it was probably in the TV show too. But but that was that whole scene was like pulled okay. right from that opening scene of the of the film. All right, then excellent. Uh, we get the opening credits, which I love. Again, all they had to do was not fuck it up. And they, and didn't. they didn't. Nope. I love how it, it previews a huge amount of villains. It's got the score. It's got the visual effects, very similar to the original opening. Tank fucking rules. Yeah. It was great. Yep. Agreed. Uh, we get a scene on the Bebop. And uh, again, a lot of a lot of the opening scenes on the Bebop here 
uh, are pulled from episode one. Uh, I love mm. the reference to the bell peppers and beef, not like to the full extent that like he's bitching about like, where's the beef? Although I, I would have loved yeah. that part of it. Um, yeah, but uh, I just love that Jet's like, eat your peppers. <laughs> I thought it was nice. They were restrained there, not to just totally mm-hmm. fan service every second. Right. Yeah. Uh, apparently, at least uh, Spike, you got noodles this time. He did get some noodles this time. It was good. Uh, we do get the Rose scene at the, from the beginning of episode one as well. The uh-huh. uh, the, the flashback with the dramatic music. Yeah, uh, changed, ch- changed a bit from the uh, anime version. Yes. But it does end with that, that iconic of the Rose sort of like falling into the puddle of water. Yep. They almost had to do that to let the people who aren't anime fans know what the fuck is going on at the end. Yeah. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious what you think about like the interior of the ship and some of the visuals that we get, like the space visuals. We get the uh, like the tolls and like the the weird like space tele. I can't remember what they call mm-hmm. them, like the wormhole <laughs> teleportation thing. Yeah, like like the yeah. jump tube thing. Yeah, warp the, circles. Or the warp, they warp drives or whatever they are. Um, yeah, the the special effects in this are top drawer. And the set design and uh-huh. the cinematography, the Dutch angles and stuff they're using like, <laughs> looks very much like out of the anime. Yeah. Um, I don't think they, they either had a very dedicated group that knew what the fuck they were doing mm-hmm. and, or they put a lot of money into it because it looks yeah. great. I if, think both. if you're, if, if you're out there bitching about the visuals to this, there's something wrong with you. I would agree 100%. <laughs> there's a nice little Easter egg, uh, in the, in the bebop when jets fly in the ship. Um, we get a shot of a, a bit of like like a desk or something that says like, beware of the dog or uh, or something along those lines. Uh, uh, oh, I did see that, uh, which, yeah. which is a nod to uh, Black Dog Serenade, which is the episode where we learn a lot about Jet's past. Okay. Uh, where they where they, he's, he's called a black dog a couple of times. Yeah, um, yeah. In that episode. I just thought, hey, they don't have Ayn yet. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get a scene with, which anyone who's watched episode one will definitely remember, uh, Asimov Solison, or and then the uh, red eye and the exchange that happens at the bar at, at TJ. Yep. Yes. Well, the exchange is supposed to happen and uh, <laughs> doesn't yeah. really. The, the other TJ, it. not tuning Japanese, by the way. Uh, Tijuana. <laughs> New Tijuana. New Tijuana. New Tijuana. Again, very similar to the anime. This whole this whole scene. Yep, just missing the uh, three old guys who were in the bar in the anime episode. Well, we we get them a little later this yeah, episode. Yeah, we do have a nod to them, though. We do. I didn't... I thought that was very, yeah. very nice. It was. I had one old Japanese patron who I assume is somebody worth noting, but I couldn't find out who it is without getting spoiled on something that happens at the end. <laughs> Why, when you're looking for something completely unrelated, do you get spoiled? It's That's what you... You get spoiled when you least expect it. Da, 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 da. Internet. <laughs> Pretty much. You just you just blew my mind, man. Just just a little bit. Wow. <laughs> Asimov and Katarina, who is the girlfriend, which I don't think in the anime we get her name. No, all. we do. We yeah, do I don't not. think we got a name or a backstory for we her. Which not. I'm so glad we do. Here. Uh-huh. I, oh, this, exactly. This, I, this made it better. I have no doubt that this is going to lead to a story element that wasn't in the anime. And that's okay. Or tie back to a story element that was also an orphan. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it'll tie into something that was also some weird dangling thing yeah, that nothing sure. ever got done. Absolutely. Uh, this is how you expand your story from the original by doing stuff like this. Yes. Correct. And and they they have the the luxury too of having you know this episode is sixty minutes with the credits. Yeah. So yes, like, I was very surprised that they were hour episodes. And like they're not all hour episodes, like because like the next oh, one not. I think okay. is only like yeah. forty minutes or something like that. Yeah, thirty-seven, I think. Yeah. So that's quite a quite a drop. It is a it is a drop, but but you know, don't uh, better to make it long enough to show what you need rather than make it too long with a bunch of stuff you didn't. Correct, because they are being Netflix. There are no there's no restrictions. Yeah. No restriction to to make things even or yeah, fuck it, do what you gotta do. Yeah. We talked about like visuals uh, with regards to characters. Uh, Asimov and Katarina, perfect for the anime. Like, yeah. it's just absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. Not only perfect, but spot on for the show. A hundred percent. Like, obviously, we talked about how they changed pay up quite a bit. Yeah. These two just straight up looked like they were lifted right out of the show. Mm-hmm. And even though there are some people out there who would want, uh, who wouldn't want all these references to the anime, would want some completely different characters, completely different story for this thing. I just, from the beginning, I'm just, I'm there for it. Just taking it at, for what it is. A hundred percent. 
Douglas Adams had said at one point that, you know, every version of Hitchhiker's Guide is its own thing. Yeah. For its own medium. Yeah. So they don't have to match. They don't have to be the same. They don't, like, he doesn't care. They're not. And although this one does a better job than a lot of things do, if some stuff is different, some stuff's different. The BBC miniseries is my favorite version of Hitchhikers. Just throwing it That's out there. That's fair. That's fair. I've seen parts of that one. I haven't seen the whole thing. I have a, maybe an unnecessary fondness for the most original, like the the big budget one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most death. Finitely. <laughs> uh, the Asimov red-eye fight. That was cool. Uh, Again, that F- really neat F- cinematography. Very well done FPP. Mm-hmm. I got more enjoyment out of that uh, minute or whatever than I did in all of uh, Hardcore Henry. <laughs> that That is valid. <laughs> uh, we go to Europa, where we get our first look at the ISSP, uh, which play a big part in, in the anime. Um, and this is where we learn quite a bit about Jet's backstory. Jet turns in the bounty from, from the beginning of the episode. Yeah, Tanaka. We find out Jet's married. Well, Jet's divorced. What well, Was yeah. married. Divorced. Yep. Uh, has a kid. We get this sort of like moment with, I guess, the guy that like was sleeping with his wife. Yeah, or uh, at least one of I the mean, guys, maybe. Yeah, we don't know really the full story, but her current husband, at least, yeah, it sure seems like. Um, and her Jet's ex-wife, she tells her, I guess, husband or whatever, like, "Hey, help him out when when you can." So obviously, caring still to some extent for Jet, which leads me to think maybe it wasn't a cheating situation so much as a. After the fact, kind of thing. Yeah, like life just took him in different directions, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yep. Uh, that's where that's how Jet gets the information about Asimov. We get another conversation between Jet and um, Spike. This is where we get all the information about like Jet trying to be like, "Look, we're gonna go after this guy because I really need to get my daughter an eighth birthday present, <laughs> yeah, and we can't afford it because you fucked up that last mission so bad." Can't get that walking Sally doll. Oh yeah, the walking Sally doll. All the yeah. girls' toys. Yeah, not, not. I don't. I don't really have much else to say about this scene, but like, it's a really good, another good moment to like kind of connect these two together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and expand out the universe a bit. Uh, we get a montage on t- new t- new Tijuana. No Tijuana. I believe is pulled from the Radical Edward episode where uh with with MPU because like. I remember there was an episode where they were all trying to get information about something, and I want to say it was Edward, and like then they would cut to like them talking to different people in the anime and be like, Radical Edward, oh yeah, he's this or whatever. It's like, oh yeah, he's a he's a he's uh, one of them prostitutes out on the the whatever, you know, and they <laughs> yeah. come up with all this and they, they try to put the information together. Okay. I yeah, think it, uh, I think it was from that scene. <laughs> something something about some of it seemed similar. They also but they also did a similar thing in the original anime first episode, except they in this one, of course, they didn't have uh, Spike talking to that old uh, shaman. Probably a good choice to divine where they needed to go. They they that was that was such a weird thing anyway. Like I'm I'm glad that didn't make it into this cut. I've watched the first episode recently, and we've been going back through it. It's been a while since I watched the whole thing in its entirety. Did I miss something with that blind guy? I don't think so. I think that was just a, that was just a flavor to add to the world. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because that I, was yeah. that was wild. <laughs> it was some cool, <laughs> I guess, effects there. He hasn't seen shit since Earth. He's that old guy. I love it. Yep. <laughs> so good. It was a good. It was a good dark joke. <laughs> dark. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, we do get Jet talking to the bartender, the one that was trying to feed Katarina some tequila earlier in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that yeah. was kind of a... <laughs> Fucking, it's new, t- it's new Tijuana. That's all we gotta say. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, she mentions, uh, the bartender tells Jet, yeah, the syndicate was here, but also a young bird with purple hair. Yes. Uh-huh. Setting us up for, of course, Fate Valentine. Yep. Yep. And then we also get the three old men playing dominoes. Fucking love it. Finally. Finally. I don't know what I was doing, but the first time I watched the episode, I didn't notice them oh. there, and I thought they'd been nixed from the episode, but on the rewatch no. today, I saw them and I was very happy. Yes. Agreed. They're some of my favorite characters, like side characters from the anime. Those those three men and then the uh, the hosts of uh, Big Shots are my favorite, like, supporting <laughs> cast of this anime, of the anime, so. I didn't watch far enough into season two, to, or episode two, to... To see that. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're they're there at the beginning of episode two, and yep. they're ah. portrayed really well too, and I fucking love it. Okay, good. Glad to hear. I haven't seen more than that. So then we cut to inside a hospital for a minute where Asimov is getting re- repaired, or not repaired, he's getting, he's getting mended. <laughs> at gunpoint. Um, yeah. At gunpoint. Not even really a hospital, like like a free clinic. Yeah. Spike strolls right up to Katarina, just like in the anime, and uh, they have a, a nice little exchange where, he, where they flirt. Yep. I love that. It's great. Pulled right from the anime. Uh, with some changes that yes. I really enjoyed a whole lot. Yeah, what are some of the, the big changes you noticed, Matt? For one thing, naturally they got rid of the uh, hungry Spike jokes. The the, the the John Show trying to as as <laughs> much as I the hot dog? As much as I, <laughs> Fun as it would have been to see John Cho try and shove a, towel, a whole hot dog in his mouth. <laughs> Good thing they got rid of that, probably. I mean, I'm here for it. <laughs> but so. the, the whole speech here of being in love once and dreaming I liked and it. waking up it was beautiful it was it was really good just thinking about it then right then made me catch my words just a little bit <laughs> I, I really i really like that um and i'm hoping that as the series goes on they do a really good job of giving us an emotional payout for for julia like, yeah I, I really want that i i, I really need that <laughs> <laughs> and then Faye ruins it Oh, she so does. She just strolls up, gun to the back of Spike's head, and is just like, don't you fucking move. Ruins it or improves it. Both. <laughs> Ru- ruins it for Spike, she, improves it for yes. the show. Yes. Um, she's not here for Asimov. She's here for Katerina Montgomery, who she was sent by uh, Katerina's father to get her back. She's apparently some rich heiress of some sort. Uh-huh. Yep. I'm excited to see where that plot point goes. Yes. On the run with some scumbag from the syndicate peddling drugs. Yep. Um, we get a fight scene between Faye and Spike. Really good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The choreography is great. I agree. At one point, I kind of thought maybe it's a little over the top. But then again, it's it's not going for gritty, realistic, no. No. brutal fight scene. It is, no. it, it is mimicking... The original quite well, mm-hmm. it being a little cartoony, a little over the top, mm-hmm. but still very well, you know, paced and plotted. So, I, I, yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't completely there for the music choice they chose for the start of it, but I was totally there for uh, Faye repeatedly going for Spike's nuts with that push dagger. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the, the move she does where she's doing, like, the sort of slide on her knees. Uh-huh low swiping yeah that is so cool that was that was the move that really got me in that fight scene that was really really neat i would agree with that it was good and of course while the good guys are fighting the bad guys get away well yeah uh this is where we go to the bebop have you read a comic book i have (laughs) have once or twice this is where we go back to the bebop and uh again Spike sitting on the couch with the, with the headphones on while you just in the background could hear the muffled like screams of Faye just, just calling back to Faye's first episode when she gets uh, like yep. stuck in the bathroom. I do I do enjoy they didn't do the sexy like arms over her head, cleavage all hanging out like they oh, did yeah. in the anime. I'm glad they yeah. just like he doesn't give a fuck. He's not trying to he's just trying to chain her and let her. Yeah, sit. it was it was a fan service. Yeah. No. Yeah. And she's just brilliant in this scene. She yeah. is. Can you find a bigger, dirtier toilet to chain me to? <laughs> <laughs> and they all play off each other so well. And, like, they uh-huh. open the door, and then, like, Spike and, and Jet just have the conversation, and they just ignore her. I love when they just shut the door on her, and they just have the conversation. Yep. They're like, bah, whatever. I don't even really know if it was intended or why it was intended, or but I love the fact, like, the vacancy thing is still on the front of the door, too. Like, <laughs> yes. so it's vacant. <laughs> yes. I mean, of course it would, because she's not locking it herself from the inside, but Uh I don't know. It just, it struck me as funny. Good thing Jet didn't discover her by trying to go to the bathroom. Yeah. No, for sure. (laughs) I mean, that would have been a good scene, too. Yeah, probably. You can tell already that these three are going to have some great chemistry. Here they find out, or figure out, that like they're heading to Mars from a conversation that uh, was had between Katarina and Spike earlier before things were kind of thrown off guard by Faye. Um, mm-hmm. I noticed something in this, and I don't know if this is this is intentional or not. There's a shot where we get a really, like, a close-up of Spike's face. 
and his eyes, his retinas are huge, like huge. And right. it's like, it's like, is this what they're trying to go for with like Spike's one eye being like, you know, seeing into the past? It's like a like a weird cybernetic thing. Like, was it just the fact that like the lighting was so crazy in the scene that like his retinas were just just happened to be like massive? Huh. Where is this? It's when it's when uh, they're talking uh, Jet and and Spike. And they'd already closed the door. But, like, there's this scene where, like, I don't know, I don't have it pulled up or else I'd give you a timestamp. But I'm pulling it up because I got to look at this. But, like, his. Yeah, I, I didn't notice it either. But, like, the, his, the, 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 just the blacks of his eyes are just, like, massive. Oh, okay. I think I, I see what. I think I'm at the part, I believe. Yeah, it's just, it's oh. just huge. I was like, like, they intentionally dilate his eyes for the scene. I don't, or, like, is it just special effects? Is it just the way his eyes are because of the lighting? I don't know. Um, but it, it, it struck me in this scene. Spike's uh, heterochromia was always subtle, and I can't tell if they tried to do that here or not. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't really know if that's what they're going for. But either way, it 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 jumped out at me on a second watch. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what else from the scene. Uh, we see the, the swordfish for the first time. Indeed. Yes, we do. It's so cool. <laughs> I like how they trot out this huge, this big fighter, and then puttering alongside it, the motorcycle of the jet. I don't. That just that struck me as funny. I wonder if we'll see the hammerhead at some point. Probably. I imagine probably. Yeah. They're probably saving it. But yeah, no, I thought that was cool. And then we get the scene where Faye escapes the ship. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, I need a password. And there's just like the password on a sticky note. <laughs> Fucking idiots. <laughs> I love that line. She's so I, uh, inspired casting. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Well, I just I love watching her walk around the ship with the big. Uh, assault rifle too that was fun <laughs> she's like hey guys <laughs> she is gonna shoot somebody if they're still there <laughs> oh my god it's just fucking she, she is not brilliant. playing around so fucking brilliant we cut to the the big climatic sort of scene of the episode where they managed to track down the two a garage like some sort of like yeah, spaceship air, garage air, spaceport junkyard yeah. air thing. aeroporto spaceport yep yep um and uh, they, they chase off the workers, and then uh, they're interrupted by Spike and Jet. You plan to kill your way to Mars? I like the humanity and the uh, of the bad guy pulling the gun and saying, "You can either run or you can die." Yes. Not, you know, he's not necessarily looking. Yes, I mean he will, but he doesn't. He he is not uh, axe crazy, motivationalist psycho. One thing I wish they, I kind of wish they'd added there was when he says, "Run or die." I wish one of the mechanics had said, "Oh." Time to time to exercise, Phil. <laughs> Something. <laughs> Something. <laughs> Cake. Cake. <laughs> I love you madly. We get the big fight scene, um, but it starts. I like again just the small thing of like, I like that Spike tries to get Katarina out of all this. Yes. Yes. Kind of like a yeah, hey, he... she doesn't have to go. We can get her safe. We can get her out of here. Because she's clearly a pregnant woman. Well, clearly, and I like the point too that he considers it, and he looks at her, and she very, very slightly just is like, "Yeah, there's, there's shakes it's her head." Subtle. It's very subtle, but he he considers it. Like he's not totally bad. He no. considers letting her go safe, absolutely, and and gets her opinion on like, should we? We get, uh, like I said, the big fight between because the syndicate rolls up, and then uh, he takes some red uh, eye. We get this big sort of back and forth fight. We get the iconic scene from the first episode, at least I think it's iconic, where uh, Katarina gets shot in the belly, and they do a much better job in in this than I think in the anime, where like they actually linger on it. And yeah, it looks in a slow motion linger on. Yeah. Like I hate to be that guy, but I'm starting to think there is something to be said for live action versus the animation because. Mm-hmm. Again, you have that real subtle expression on John Cho's face of like, really? What the fuck? I'm trying to help you because of this. And you've been like, you know, yeah, I've been like, lying the whole time. There, there's a whole story in like that two seconds of linger on his face. Mm-hmm. This is where also Spike, this guy Chivo, I think they called him. Yeah. Uh, he gets yeah. up in his face and this guy's like, he's like, oh my God, it's fearless. Well, he's fearless. he's already dying. He like got a yeah. shot. Was like, yeah, like, he's holding his throat together, yeah. basically. Fearless. You're dead. We killed and, you. Spike's like, we're going to keep it that way, and then, like, shoots the guy. Yep. Nice. Um, but someone from the Syndicate does get away. Yeah. Correct. Yep, yep. the Weasley ratty guy is hiding yeah, out, listening. This leads to a scene where Asimov, who's shot up, gets in the uh, spaceship with Katarina, just like in the anime. After strangling Jet for a bit. 
Yep, after 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 strangling Jet, um, it's actually Faye that shoots and saves Jet here. Faye, Faye. Yeah, correct. I love that. I love that. She could have aimed a little lower, though. She could have. Well, she doesn't care about him. She cares about. Yeah, everything. that's. He's not her bounty. Yeah. She oh, right, 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 right. right. Yeah, she could care okay. less about this guy. Never mind. You could have aimed higher, Faye. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they take off. Spike takes off, off after. We get that scene with Jet and, and Faye. And Jet's like, is that my gun? I know. Give me that. And she's like, you guys are, you guys are dicks. dicks. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we get the last scene where she's almost to the jump port or whatever and into safety, but ISSP shows up. She realizes Asimov is, has passed away. She, there's nothing left for her. Spike rolls up and is like, you, can, you don't have to do this. You can stop. And she repeats the line, um, just like you said, right? It's time to wake up. And then she just guns it. She takes her shot, knowing that it's probably going to end her life. And we get that dramatic shot of her in space with the red eye floating around. Yep. It's really good. It's really good storytelling. It, it is. Yeah, yeah. It certainly is. And then what's not so <laughs> is the scene with Vicious at the end. I will mention, I picked up on this, uh, they're in a slaughterhouse. Those are Ganymede sea rats, by the way. Yeah, I figured. Those are? Uh, those are those are Ganymede those are supposed to be Ganymede sea rats, I'm pretty sure, because we those, know those that tunas. Cause we know that we have uh we have uh Mom or whatever her name is, uh yeah. from that that like is leading that uh eco terrorist group that is trying yeah. to save the, the, the sea rats. So yeah. I like that they're oh, yeah, I okay. like that they're kind of like intertwining little bits. Like it's the syn- like the syndicates involved with like this like illegal activity of like you know harvesting these sea rats or whatever that are like supposed to be like protected or whatnot right so little little things to weave it together i like that we get vicious cutting the guy down the member of the syndicate who says like oh yeah it's fearless and he's like oh chops his yeah head. the guy well can't he doesn't even know it. he's like he's dead. he says you know chivo called him that and that can't be right can it <laughs> and i don't know i get the vicious is supposed to be the bad guy yeah and it just kind of made no sense that he cut, killed that guy for no reason. He's vicious. Yeah. Doesn't like bad news. I guess, but I don't know. It's just such a tropey, dumb, bad guy villain thing to do. I agree. You know, if that guy was going to tell somebody and screw up the plans, or yeah, everybody's got to know this, or, you know. Uh-huh. Something. Something a little more than simply, I gave you bad news, so you killed me. And maybe there is, but we don't have time to think too terribly hard about it. No, yeah, because he just dies, and then we do get a scene with uh, Vicious and Julia. She's smoking yep. a cigarette all cool-like, because smoking's cool. Uh-huh. She's got opera gloves on. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So cool. This was actually done kind of well, too, because she's doing exactly what um, Katarina was doing, which she couldn't get the cigarette lit. Mm-hmm. You know, so he kind of tied everything together, and he's like, yeah, I, that's why he kind of noticed that about her or she couldn't yeah. get it lit and that's oh, just like Julia, Julia can't ever get it lit and that's fucking brilliant Bill and then uh, fucking Lord Ippolazzo over there comes over and helps <laughs> <with> a cigarette Ippolazzo <laughs> and then they make out yeah and we see the uh, rose tattoo we do see the rose tattoo it's a really bad tattoo but like yeah it's yeah, so there. it's there it's there it's for symbolism symmetry. so it's interesting that they're putting uh, Vicious and Julia in this relationship and I'm wondering why and everything, and I can't wait for them to expand upon it. They definitely, like, they definitely never give us the full answer in the anime as to what the full relationship is between them. But we do get glimpses in certain episodes of Spike with with Julia, and then Vicious with Julia, mm-hmm. and so like we're left in the anime to be like, okay, so he took Julia from him, but like they never give you the exacts of it. Like they leave a lot of it just up to you as the audience to figure it out. So I think they're going to much more spell it out here. Yeah. It seemed much more blatant in the flashbacks uh, yeah. that I noticed that they're going to yeah. do that. That's it for this first episode or this first session called <gasps> Cowboy Gospel. Cowboy Gospel. So now is the part where we talk about our overall impressions. And again, whether we would go ahead and watch more of this or not. Uh, and I'm going to start this time with Matt. For a live-action adaptation of an anime, this is, so far, probably as good as it gets. As good as it can get. At least un- until uh, it spurs them to make a live-action Trigun. <laughs> I'd be on board. 
With Keanu Reeves. <laughs> as as Meryl. Yes! <laughs> yes, Keanu Reeves as Meryl. <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> From the production standpoint, it's it's beautiful. From the acting standpoint, it's mostly really good. I, I think it's going to be a good baseline for any future live-action adaptations. I'll second that. I think this was super well done. I don't know how it'll hold up in the later episodes, but if it's anything like this, I am stoked. Uh, Cowboy Bebop is a very important anime for me, and I know some people would look at that and say, yeah, sure, it's important for everyone. You know, it, it is it is seen widely as, as one of the most influential and important anime to ever be animated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Although, yeah, more so in America than in its original country, though. Yes. And uh, it's, it's one of those that, like, for me, obviously we talked about, like, our introductions to, to anime or whatever. But, like, you know, things like Sailor Moon were my real introduction. But... What got me like really back into beyond just some of the the basics was getting those uh, bootlegged, not really bootlegged, but like Ooh. you know like recorded VHS tapes from my buddy Mike uh, back in high school. Of you know Your I supplier. got I, I got this and Trigun uh-huh. and Initial D and Saber Marionette J and <laughs> it like it really sparked like all those like really sparked my love. And this is like probably a year before they made their way onto Toonami. Uh, you know, some of these anime. So like I was, I felt like I was on the ground floor of something just absolutely amazing. Shout out to Mike. Yeah. Big shout out to Mike. Uh, just, 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 I wouldn't be here doing this if it wasn't for him in all honesty. That's fair. So, so this was was huge. And then seeing this sort of played out in live action was, was awesome. It was, it was a spectacle. Uh, it's everything I I wanted out of this in, in all honesty. I mean, will it be as great as the original? Probably not. Does it make a very nice companion piece? Certainly. And like Matt said, the bar for Netflix live action anime adaptions are uh, not high. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a uh, faint praise to say it's the best one, but mm-hmm. so far it seems to be the best one. Yeah. One thing I was going to bring up, and we didn't kind of ever hit, get to it though. Remember early on I said the only thing with the music they had to do is not fuck it up? Yes. Yeah. Where the fuck is Real Folk Blues? Okay. No. I, my guess mm. is they're going to save that. My guess is they're going to save that for, like, finale. The end of the last episode? Of I, the, yeah. I would, I would be, and I would be okay with that. Or yeah. even played over a scene? Yes. Like the last scene or something? Like, if they, if they hold off to the very last episode of season one, and, like, it's in a, the, like, like if it's, if it is Ballad of Fallen Angels, and it's, like, that dramatic sort of, like, build up to him and Vicious, like, I'm fine with it. If that is what they do with it, then I am, I will be very, very happy. Plus, uh, we don't know, is it gonna be, uh, in Japanese? Are they gonna have to redo the entire thing, uh, in English? That's a good point. That's a good point. And if they do do the entire thing in English, will it be as good as the Japanese version from the original series? It's hard to say, but... But, there I said it. Again, to go back to Jonathan Young, he has done amazing covers of anime theme songs translating into English. There's no reason this can't be translated to English and be great. No. That is true. And with all the work they put in everything else, why would this be where they half-ass it and just English their way through Yeah, that song? As long as they translate it with some care, mm-hmm. that's all it takes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. If they don't get the real folk blues right, then there's going to be some real folks feeling the blues. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to end off with our overall, are we going to continue? Will we continue watching this? Uh, and for me, it's a big fat yes. Like, I've already seen the first two episodes, and with given more time, I will eventually get to the rest of those episodes. I decided it was yes before it even aired. I see me and my friend James both decided it before it even aired, and we're going to be watching it together... It's going to take us a few weeks to get through the all ten episodes. But hey, whatever it's going works. It's be worth the, worth the ride. Yep, whatever works. Uh, Bill, thoughts? This is going to be a rare or yes for me. There was no doubt I was going to watch it. Me and my wife had started watching the anime version ahead of time to be ready for this. Um, and we've gotten to the point in the anime where 
this ends off. Uh, so yeah, we're going to be finishing. I think we're going to be watching this together. And as a couple, we've only got through the fir- half of the first episode. Mm-hmm. And I went ahead and finished the first episode for this, but I think I'll definitely go back and and uh, finish it. Yeah, for sure. Thanks a lot. All right. Well, I hope you all have enjoyed this very special episode of tuning in, which was for everyone, not just our patrons. But if you, where we learned about smoking, we learned a lot about smoking. Uh, if yeah. you enjoyed this episode, and you want to hear some of our other tuning in episodes where we've talked about things like Black Butler and um, Ramble Album. What's that? What? (laughs) (laughs) And Attack on Titan. And uh, everyone's favorite anime of all time, the most influential anime to ever be animated. Natsume Um, Yujincho. After School Dice Club. Oh. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) No dice. All club. Um, (laughs) Even the people that called themselves weebs kind of rolled their eyes at you for that one. I'm fine with it. I bought Marrakesh. (laughs) I played Marrakesh. Marrakesh is great. The anime worked on me. You know, I'm sure it's a fine game. It's a great game. I'm I sure Marrakesh is a fine game from what I saw. It's fun. You're not rugged <laughs> enough for Marrakesh. Ha! <laughs> on that note, it's time we get out of here. Thank you so much for listening to Tuning In, a podcast where we watch the first episode of an anime and decide whether or not you should spend your time with it as well. I don't appreciate being ignored. I really don't. My name is Andy. Huh? Who doesn't like cupcakes? I'm that. <laughs> I look like I should be drinking nothing but tequila for the rest of the night. You know, get ready for Monday. <laughs> I'm Bill. Give give your wife a glass too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we will see you next time. Snogs. I didn't make a joke about him going up and be like, hey, you look like you put out. You guys are dicks. Thank you so much for listening to Tuning In. This bonus series is made for our amazing patrons. A special thanks to Brian Nash, Matthew Van Diver, Dan Park, and Andrew Caswell. Get access to all future Tuning In episodes at patreon.com slash tuningjapanese. The song Neon Laser Horizon is by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com, used under a Creative Commons 4.0 license. in the bathroom. Who's in the bathroom? Hey, dickhole! Please let me out of here. God, has anyone ever cleaned up in here? Gross. Finally. Hey, uh, super cool accommodations. Uh, but do you think you could handcuff me to an even bigger, more disgusting toilet? Because that'd be great. Who are you supposed to be? Jet Black. Meet Faye Valentine. Hey, fuck you! I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. We got on the wrong foot. Keep on the door.